0: Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome just in general. This is a space where I discuss all things style, wellness, pop culture, and whatever else I feel like griping about from week to week. So thank you for joining me. As per usual, I'm going to kick things off with a fashion tip. And then I'm going to roll into the meat of this episode. I got a lot of positive feedback from you guys about last episode's format of me complaining and then also loving something about life. So I'm going to continue to try that out for a bit. Let me know how you feel about it. So again, first of all, let's start with a fashion tip. Now, if you're new here, I'm really trying to move away from just critiquing people's style because I realize some shit I just don't get. Like, style is so personal and things make sense to you that probably just won't make sense to me. So I just offer style tips based on, like, if you see how I dress and you enjoy how I dress and some concepts, here are some ways that you can incorporate those principles as well but not necessarily that I'm trying to make myself an authority on style or fashion. I think that's so problematic, cause it's like, bitch, who are you? Like, why should I listen to what you have to say? And the answer there is, if you like how I dress. If you don't, you could totally skip past this. So now that I've gotten that housekeeping out of the way, I realized that I have a long standing garment in my repertoire. That has saved me so many times when I haven't properly, effectively considered that I live in New York and sometimes it be cold. So I have a sheer turtleneck bodysuit. And I layered it under so many different things. And one of the things I love about transitional weather and just living in a place with seasons in general, I really love layering. I feel like it's such a fun, cool way to just elevate a look. I don't know how to explain it. It's like when you see it, you see it. The girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. The girls who grow, grow. And the girls who won't, won't. Shouts out to whatever TikTok creator said that um so said all that to say I really love this sheer turtleneck bodysuit layering piece I put that thing under everything okay and the fact that it's sheer makes it not super you know like bitches is cold winter is coming but it just adds just a light layer of hey guys I know it's not spring or summer but I'm here and here's a little bit of skin and I'm showing it for, for myself, not for you. There is another TikTok trend too, or um, sound that's like everything I do is for the bitches. And I just want to be clear, I don't dress for anyone but myself. But on the off chance that I do get it in my mind, like, oh, this gonna fuck them up. I'm always thinking about the bitches. I could really give a shit what dudes in general find attractive because just most of the time they have no idea what they're talking about. Anywho, I want to encourage you guys to try out a sheer long sleeve bodysuit to layer under some things. Or even I mean, if sheer isn't your vibe, you know, because it does add a little bit of sexy, you know, it's like a innerwear is outerwear. Ooh, kind of thing. You could also just like stock up on some long sleeve bodysuits, like no tino shade. But I did, um, gather some shopping options on my like to know it. I will put the link in the episode description if you want to peruse. And that's my fashion tip for the week. If you like how I dress, listen to these fashion tips. If you don't, you're entitled to your perspective, but your perspective is wrong. Okay. Stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Okay guys, I have not decided on what I want to call this segment, but basically I'm going to tell you some things I love and some things I don't love and some things that I'm questioning because there's a lot to question about the way this world is going. First of all, I love an open bar, especially a top shelf open bar. And what I realize is that I enjoy the energy of approaching a top shelf open bar because it's like I know that no matter what I ask for it's going to be given and I don't have to give anything in exchange for it this is how an open bar works right but follow me follow me follow me I do feel like there is a message in there what if I could live like every day of my life as if it were an open bar what if I approached every bar as if it were an open bar. Like, what if I just navigated the world with the entitlement of not only a mediocre white man, but also a basic white woman? Because every single time I go to the airport, I get up to the gate, and, you know, I'm still using my flight benefits because my mom devoted 30 years of her life to that company. So why wouldn't I? And that means that sometimes I'm in the ass of the plane. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that, but I make my peace with it, right? So every time we get up there, there is a white woman. We are in Maine too, sweetness. We in the ass of the plane. You know, by the time they start boarding us, they're going to say, hey, we're gonna start checking bags for the weight of the plane or whatever so you all don't crash and die I don't care what their reasoning is like I'm afraid of flying even though I've been doing it my whole life I don't care if a physicist explained it to me like I'm five we shouldn't be able to fly in airplanes right so whatever they tell me to do to make it more safe I'm going to do it and I'm not going to give anyone shit for it but I shit you not every time there is a white woman who insists insists that her bag shouldn't be checked and they always have the most random reason for it the absolute most offensive one is i don't want my bag to be stolen bitch let me be super clear with you don't nobody want your shit don't nobody want your shit Check this damn bag for free so we can all move on with our lives. And I don't want to be an asshole in that way, but I would like to have a dash of that level of entitlement just so that I can move through the world with more ease. So I love an open bar. I love the energy of approaching an open bar, knowing that I'm taken care of. And that's how I want to live my life. That's my new philosophy. Is that the name of my indie rock band that I'm going to start? open bar energy? Is that the name of my memoir, open bar energy? Is that the name of this episode? Probably. I don't know how I'll feel by the end, but I just want to like navigate my life in that manner. In the interest of spooky season, what is something that you find scary that isn't actually scary? I'm going to tell you mine. I'm really giving white women a hard time today, but I am terrified when young white women stare at me on the train. I'll tell you why. I have watched way too many Lifetime movies, way too many like Dateline, 2020, True Crime, whatever. In the world, like creepy white dudes are leading in crimes, but I'm gonna tell you who gets overlooked is young white women. They be on some other shit. They be diabolical with theirs. And it's just like, I don't know what you're staring at me for. Please don't develop some sort of obsession with me. Don't try to look at me and figure out a way to culturally appropriate anything going on over here. I don't know what you're staring at, but I want you to stop. Because I'm going to tell you another, like, theme that we don't talk about in horror movies. Who would we be? Who do we be? giving you the creeps throughout the horror movie, a young white woman. That's all I'm gonna say. Please stop staring at me on the train. I don't have anything for you. You don't have anything for me. Do not make me a victim of some sort of like, like plot to psychologically torture me. I, listen, this is why representation matters. I've seen enough non-creepy young white women to not feel that all creepy young white women. However, I, I, Keep it to yourself. Don't come over here trying me. Um, I have started listening to a podcast that the name literally just fell out of my head. But anyway, it's about pop culture. And there is a segment called Culture Geist where people call in and talk about a thing from pop culture that has just been haunting them. So I'm going to share mine with you guys. I watched the movie Vengeance, it is written, directed, produced. Starring B. J. Novak from The Office, I'm always excited to see actors from my favorite shows go on to do other things, especially when they're a part of shows that are so so iconic. So of course, want to support B. J. Novak. The movie was cool. Um, the ending, I was like, "Grow <laughs> wit. wait, um, wait." But there's a part in the movie where Ashton Kutcher plays like a record producer who is, I don't know how you describe this character, and I don't want to spoil anything, but he's a record producer. He's producing a country western album. Um, And there is this young country singer in the booth. She's not really giving it her all, and he gives her this really incredible motivational speech He's kind of like a shaman, but problematic, very, very smart, but also very manipulative and calculating. We we all know the type. Well, I do. Anyway, and he gives her this really powerful speech, which really makes her like dig deep to the root and the heart of this song. And it's so good that I, I think I rewound it like twice just to hear the little snippet because you no know, country songs go into this vast detail like they really paint you a picture and she says something about going up the escalator to her job at Claire's and it's just like bitch I remember being heartbroken and going up the escalator to my part-time job at H&M and just being so devastated over a man who didn't even have a car girl dark times but I keep thinking about just that scene if you get around to watching Vengeance let me know but that scene has been haunting me. Um, I wanna say that I, as a person who struggles with depression and anxiety, and no longer has suicidal ideations, not to brag, okay, not to brag, but I'm really happy that we have more language around mental health, and more ways to describe how we feel and to talk about our shared human experience. I think that's really beautiful. And I think especially because it is a huge privilege to be in therapy. Therapy is expensive. Um, Even if you have the money or the, the health coverage, it's sometimes hard to just find a therapist and then if you get in with someone, you know, whether or not the relationship meshes well and all that stuff. It's a challenge. I'm very, very thankful for my therapist all the time. So I I love that people who don't have access to therapy can have access to some of the principles and ideals of it, right? But I do think that we can't we can't negate the training that goes into being a licensed professional, experienced mental health care provider. And I think some of us are kind of bastardizing some of these words. Like not every person who broke your heart is a narcissist. Not every conversation someone is having with you is them projecting. We can't paint with a broad brush here, right? So again, I was on TikTok because that's where I be sometimes, right? And this woman, talks about this awful dating experience that she had where ultimately a man was very clear with her that he was not interested in her romantically, um but still, you know, hung out with her like as a friend. She kept trying to force a relationship. And I, I think at one point she said, like, why don't you just go ahead and date me so that you can go ahead and like break my heart and we can just get it over with? Like, you should just date me. And it was... The language that she was using was giving very much, I'm a nice guy, but for women, like I'm all these things, so a man should want me. And I I say this as someone who is single and has been single for a very long time, Um, partly by choice, partly because like, (laughs) have you talked to a man lately? It's not great out there. Okay. Um. And I totally love the Tracy Ellis Ross, you know, I could have a wheel of lovers. I too feel that I could have a wheel of lovers if I lower my standards significantly. Anyway, I get that it's very difficult to find your person and to have a healthy, full dating life, but no one owes us desire. People don't owe it to us to choose us. And I'm not saying that rejection isn't difficult, like... We're all human. It's not fun to have very strong feelings for someone. And it's almost inconceivable that they can't feel even remotely the same way about you. Because it's like, how can I possibly feel this strongly? And this person feels like nothing. It's just one of those things of life and what you absolutely shouldn't do is weaponize that you have an anxious attachment style or anxiety surrounding abandonment or any of these things when a person has made it very clear to you. They just don't desire you in that way. That is very difficult but that person isn't a villain. That person honored you by telling you the truth. You can make peace with the truth. It's very difficult to make peace with a lie. I know people that are actively in relationships with people they don't even like based on that lie that they tell themselves that, you know, things will get better and all this stuff like that. And that's a harder relationship to overcome, to make peace with, whatever. So if a person is being honest with you about not desiring you, they're really honoring you as a person and giving you a right to choose the kind of relationship that you're going to have with them moving forward. I have a very beloved friend who every time she would talk to me about this guy, and I want to be clear, I've been in this situation too. Um, But every time she would talk to me about this guy, it was so obvious based on what she was telling me that this guy just was not into her. And he would, to be fair, kind of lure her in just a little bit, just to let her down like over and over again. And again, I have been there, but I'm it was so much more clear to me, like when my friend was telling me that she was going through it as opposed to me observing myself in retrospect. So using her. Um, And she sent the guy this very long message telling him how horrible of a person he was. And I was just so confused by that because it was like, Well, he's only being who he consistently, overwhelmingly consistently told you that he was. And so now you finally get it and you're angry and you should be, but you kind of co-created this. And I'm careful about saying this because I think that we do a lot of victim blaming towards women when they get their hearts broken. And that's something I'm very sensitive to because, again, I have been in the position a couple of times where I was dealing with guys who just were so emotionally abusive and complaining to my friends about it. And it's hard for people who love you to hear you choose to go through the same thing over and over again. So I can empathize with that. Do not get me wrong. Um, but you also have to be, if you have the capacity to, be a soft landing space for someone who's already probably incredibly vulnerable and just like dealing with their trauma. Like, I I hate how mean we are to women, like, when things go badly in relationships. Like, oh, girl, you should have known it was a red flag. Sometimes it don't be a red flag. Sometimes that man is blatantly saying, like, I don't want X, Y, and Z. What type of time you on? You know, it's all about balance. Like, we can't paint with a broad brush. So, you know, I get it, but let's not use what we're learning about ourselves and about mental health and wellness to attack people for no real reason. Like, that person was just not honest with you, and um, I'm not seeing a problem. Okay, so I went to, so I started this book called The Artist's Way, because I've been telling you guys for a while that I've been struggling creatively, um... Writer's block, creative block, period. Just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Where am I going with my life, right? So a couple people recommended this book, The Artist's Way, to me. I'm really loving it. I'm one week in and hoping to stick with it. So part of the deal is you have to write morning pages. You have to write three full pages every morning. And then the other thing is... Um, you have to take yourself on one artist date per week, and it can be a range of things. So I took myself on my first artist date last week. Louis Vuitton is celebrating 200 years, so they had 200 different artists create 200 versions of their iconic um, Louis Vuitton trunk, and it was held in the old Barneys New York building. Um... I never went to Barney's New York before it closed because, you know, I was poor for a while before I lived here. So I was like, why the fuck would I go to that store? I can't afford anything. And it just makes me sad to see things I want that I can't afford. So I didn't know the whole thing of like um, the restaurant in Barney's was Fred's. It was very iconic. So when Barney's closed, Fred's moved elsewhere, but they made a pop-up shop for this exhibit. Very, very cool. I'm very happy I went, especially because it was free. Let me tell you, this exhibit was an exercise in both my patience and rage issues with people's absolute lack of consideration for other people and total lack of spatial awareness. And it was also an exercise in the slow decline of society because I'm not a parent. And I want to be very clear that I try not to be unfair to parents because I'm sure you all are doing the best that you can, but if you take your kid to an exhibit where things are bright and colorful and your kids aren't the kind of kids that can just like be chill, just walk around, observe, whatever, you're going to have to do a better job of watching your kids for me because I'm minding my black ass business trying to practice some creative wellness for my black ass self. I don't want your kids running around, not only stepping on my foot several times, but never saying excuse me. And you're nowhere to be found for me to cuss your ass out. So I deeply appreciate older black auntie who saw the whole thing and was like, ma'am, watch your kids. And gave me a wink. And it's like wherever she is, I hope that she finds a random amount of money that she absolutely um, needs and or can have fun with. I hope the other side of her pillow is always cool. I hope that her skin is always moisturized and that the Lord blesses her in excess. Um, also influencers are ruining the world. We're all here to like capture some moments. Don't get me wrong. Like I love a good picture. I love a good video. I love a good series of content. I fancy myself a content creator. I'm taking pictures and videos just like the rest of you. What I'm not doing is acting like I'm the only person who's doing that. So why are you walking into the room of an exhibit and stopping? And stopping. You're blocking the entrance. There are other people in the world besides you. And I have never, ever been so tempted to violently push people in my life. And I shit you not, like, I journal every day. I am in therapy one to two times a week. I meditate. I do yoga. I work out. I try to eat well, but I could be doing better. I do the things that I feel I can and I'm supposed to do to regulate my nervous system so that my rage doesn't kick up. But I shit you not, the number of times that I was like, what would happen if I just pushed this bitch out of the way? How quickly would the police get here? Anyway, I still fully enjoyed myself. If you're in New York, I highly recommend it. It's free. You can um register, like reserve your space online. It's here until December. The food isn't free. Um if you want to go to the restaurant, rec- uh, reservations are highly recommended, but it was a really cool exhibit. Um I'm not a huge fan, of louis vuitton like i have like my vintage purse that my mom gave me that i got refurbished that some of you guys saw on my social media but i am not a huge louis vuitton fan i like some of the um apparel collections but i don't just love a louis vuitton bag but i do enjoy the history of the company and how they've been able to build brand equity over so many years so as a student of fashion awesome highly recommend um I want to end this by telling you guys a story about the one time in my life that I was flued out. Um, I'm 35. I have yet to successfully be flued out. And I want to be very clear for any of you who don't know me. I'm stunningly gorgeous. I got an ass that won't quit and the legs of a small pony. I won't say a stallion because I'm 5'2". All right. I have all the things it simply has not happened for me so but I wanted to I want to be flewed out to a cool location and do some things with somebody's son that I won't say here because my family members listen to this show sometimes hey y'all so the one time that I was flewed out okay I was 19 or 20 years old I was dating someone or I thought I was dating someone it was a gray area we was talking We was talking. We had been talking for like two weeks. I'm 19 or 20 years old. I know I wasn't 21. So this person was from Atlanta. We had known each other since high school. We didn't go to the same high school, but this person was in the music industry. We had, you know, when you first start talking to somebody and you talk to them all day, every day, and like you go on dates and you just like can't wait to see them again. And like in those first like two to three weeks when you're dating someone, they're so magical because you're so inseparable because your trauma hasn't come out to really play yet. And so he had to go to LA for the BET Awards. And I was like, well, I want to come. And he was like, oh, I would love for you to come. I don't know if I can get you tickets to the award show, but I'd love for you to come hang out with me. So, um, now again, I'm 19 or 20 years old. It did not even occur to me to ask this man to pay for my ticket. I used my flight benefits because 19, 20 years old. I didn't know any better. So I flew out there. Um, Him and his manager picked me up. We went and got food. Went to some stores for him to, like, get his look together for the awards. Like, he gave me some money to, like, shop and like eat while he was you know doing his thing he came back to the hotel room and I didn't have sex with this person because number one I didn't want to um number two we had only been dating for a couple weeks so I didn't even think that that would be like his expectation but I want to be clear that no one should ever expect that like anyway but um I was also in that phase where it was just like oh, if you have sex with someone too soon, they won't really like you or take you seriously. Again, 19 or 20 years old, did not know any better, did not know about patriarchy, any of that. So we did not have sex. You know, we did some stuff, but we didn't have sex. So we go to the studio and he was producing this song for this really cute girl group. I, gonna tell you, I think about those girls Once a year, and I just wonder where they are because they were so talented, but they never really like blew up or took off. I don't even remember what they were called, but they were so amazing. And we were just, you know, having fun in the studio. I met like several people, it was a really good time. And one of the girls was like, So, are you his girlfriend? And I said, No, because I wasn't. And especially like when you're that age, you are terrified of saying or doing anything that could scare a man off. Like when you're that age, you treat men like woodland animals that you're trying to capture in a small cage. You don't want to move too quick or say anything to like, you know, spook them. So you're just like, ah, gotcha. So I wasn't going to tell people that this man was my boyfriend. because I didn't want to like scare him off. I didn't want him to think that was like moving too fast. Right. So The trip is over, I go to head back to Atlanta, I get stuck there for an extra day, I have to call my cousin to come get me, it was a mess, like, this guy immediately got very distant towards me, and so I get back to Atlanta, he eventually gets back to Atlanta, he will not reply to my text messages or my phone calls, and I'm just like, I thought I avoided this by not having sex with him, like, I tried to just, like, play it super cool, right, So my friends and I go out to Club Crucial. Yes, I'm aging myself here. It was a good time. And I see him and I don't speak to him because I'm just like, hey, you don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. That's cool. You know, no tea, no shade. So one of my friends is like, Jessica, that was so rude. And I was just like, bitch, mind your business. And to this day, to this day, I'm not fully over that she did that because why did you just automatically side with him? Why didn't you consider that I have my reasons? Why not ask me? Patriarchy. Anyway, so he tells my friends that he didn't appreciate me telling the girls at the studio that I wasn't his girlfriend because of his work in the industry. People already assume that he's gay. And by me not confirming that we were in a relationship or lying and saying that we were in a relationship, I made him look gay. So he completely cut me off. And this is why I say that homophobia isn't just homophobia. It is an indication of a lot of other insecurities that otherwise wouldn't be present because number one, if that was your expectation, you should have made that clear to me. And number two, why are you so scared of people thinking that you're gay? And number three, why do you think that people think that you're gay? Where would that come from? Like, tell me more. Explain this to me like I'm five. It was one of the most bizarre dating experiences of my life. And, yeah, to this day, still have not been effectively properly flued out. Really looking for that to happen with one of y'all daddies. Um, That shit was so confusing. And, like, I don't have any, you know, issue with him. Like, I've seen him out in the world ever since and he's like doing really well for himself but every time I see him like I wonder like are you still homophobic are you still like insecure in your masculinity it was just such a bizarre experience and taught me so much about the fact of like girl if you want to have sex you should just have sex like a person can stop talking to you for any number of reasons because, again, people don't owe us desire, but they do owe us the truth. And it was just like, bruh, if you wanted me to be your beard in a way, you could have just told me you needed me to be your beard even though you're allegedly not gay. Like, girl, bye. Anyway, so that's the show this week. Um, I want to share with you guys really quickly... This tweet that I saw that I just thought was really profound and really sweet. Um, and just so that we can leave on a positive note about personal responsibility and navigating the world with other people. And this tweet is by Banana Kiss on Twitter. And it says, one of the greatest acts of love is giving someone the space to figure it out for themselves. I love you. I must have faith in your abilities. (sighs) Stitch it on a pillow. Put it on a mug. Tattoo it on my forehead. That is such a lovely sentiment. I'm happy to leave you guys with that. Thank you for sticking by me as I am on my creative journey. Oh, oh, oh. I started watching the new interview with the vampire that thing is good i gotta come up with another email so i can get another free trial of amc chat because i'm not paying for another subscription service but there was a line where the reporter who's interviewing louie um is like okay well last time when i interviewed you you said this and last time this time you're saying something completely different so which one is it and they arrived at a place where they, it was called, he said, allow me the odyssey of memory, allow me the odyssey of experience or something like that. And I just thought that was really cool. Like, I think for me, like I've tried to save myself from the journey, honestly, because a part of the journey is sometimes being hurt, disappointed, um, aggrieved, whatever. And Trying to manipulate life in such a way that you avoid those things is no way to really live. Like It just kind of happens and you develop the tools to cope with it along the way. So I appreciate you guys for being along with me on my personal journey to um, become a better creator and a better me, honestly, I think is what this is. I keep feeling like I don't know what this podcast is anymore. I just be having shit to say, and I don't always want to um, burden my friends with things that I have to say, and they will be really annoyed with me for calling it a burden. Sorry, guys. I want to share my thoughts with more people than the several folks that I am messaging and DMing throughout the day. Um, I just have a lot to say. This is where I'm saying it. I don't know if there's a rhyme or a reason or a theme or whatever. It's just a hodgepodge of ideas. And, you know, when I'm 107 in my chateau in paris i'm not going to regret saying these things and speaking of one last thing y'all oh my god so if you ever want to just try a random snack this is incredibly random are you guys familiar with the concept of mouthfeel it's like the sensation of like how food feels in your mouth right and apparently i think they say like cheetos have like the ideal mouth, mouth mouthfeel. So when I was at the exhibit at the restaurant, I got the canapé tower for two, even though it was only one of me, um, because it let me try all of the things right. At the bottom of the tower were these fresh sea salt, buttery Madelines. A Madeline cookie is so soft, short, bready, and just like yum, 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 buttery in and of itself. But if you take a bite of a Madeline cookie and a sip of champagne, the mouthfeel is like, ugh like buttery pop rocks it was just one of the most pleasant and unexpected experiences of my life and i am looking forward to more pleasant unexpected experiences in my life that may or may not involve my mouth okay love you guys take care we'll talk soon be blessed be gorgeous be well dressed according to your standards bye